Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Post Ride Cafe. I'm Sam. This is Aaron. This is episode 12. How you doing, man? Dude, I'm uh, good. I was saying I, I got that like post-massage feeling, super tired right now. Like just relaxation level is at a, at a high. But hey, that's good. You've found a way to relax in these trying times. Yeah, I mean, you just got to like kill yourself on, on some climbing and then, then you'll be good. That's true. Uh, well, first things first, uh, let's talk about the socials. How can people find us? Yeah, they can find us on Instagram at Post Ride Cafe, on Twitter at Post Ride Cafe. Awesome. You know, we're at the Strava Stats of the Week. Stats, dude. Well, this, uh, this week I got a couple rides in, uh, 80 miles and 53.77 climbing feet. What about you? Not bad. Uh, 187 and 7.234. 7,000 feet of climb. That's a good, uh, good week. Yeah. A lot of today helped that a lot. Yeah, it sure did. Well, you know, we both had the same ride of the week, but real quick, you know, I did two rides. I'll, I'll quickly touch on my first ride since we'll be touching on the other one. So I went out and did, uh, last week we discussed, there's the climbing segment on Strava called Castle 4. Uh, I think it's called The Castle 4. But anyway, I had commented that I wanted to start doing that during the week, and I went out and did it. I ended up being like 35 miles, 1,500 feet total, and... You know, it's funny that the segment itself, I think, is like 200 feet climbing, which I don't know. I guess I just count like cumulative minus descents because each climb is a couple hundred feet by itself. Yeah. But yeah, that was a little windy. You know, we've had a lot of wind here in Phoenix, it seems like every single day. It's been tough. Riding this week a couple times, I was just came home and somebody looked at me and they were like, is everything all right? I was like, I'm just really tired. Yeah. Like, it was a lot of work and just fighting the wind. Oh, also, before I, I, uh, I wanted to make sure I touched on this, I really appreciate that you were able to pass your allergies on to me. Oh, yeah, man. That's how you get rid of them. It's, it's like anything. You got, you're not going to get over something until you give it to somebody else. Sort of like tag. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did a, like four or five hours of yard work yesterday, and like I just could not breathe last night. And so, you know, used a little uh, peppermint oil in my nostrils. It really helped clean, clean, clear up the air for me this, uh, this morning. So I'm doing all right, but just a little stuffy. But nonetheless, uh, you know, that ride was a little windy, but I still wanted to go out and do it. And um, yeah, it ended up being pretty good. I mean, it's a really hard climb. I think the lowest, you know, there's two climbs and you go up one way and then back around. And so the, the average gradients on these things are over 10. So yeah. It was pretty challenging and I was glad I was able to do it, but it doesn't really hold a candle to today's ride. So <laughs> let's just skip on that and let's just get to uh, your ride of the week. What, what did we do today? Yeah, so we went basically out to Paradise Valley and we're like, how many of the climbs, you know, that we like to do can we hit in one ride? Yeah, I mean, the really the genesis of this ride was we were like, oh, let's do Silent Sunday. I think it's going to be all day. And then we were like, I don't know if it's open. So we researched it and it turned out the fourth Sunday of the month was last week. Well, yeah, we don't know how to count. There, there was five Sundays this month, so. Yeah. Well, it's just not something you think about because it's almost always four. Yeah. So you just... We thought about going last week, but we're like, no, we're not going to. It's, it's Let's wait until the full day. And Well, we were wrong. Yeah, and I mean, it, they do have it from 5 to 10 a.m., but, you know, it's just a little bit, it's not as fun just because you kind of feel like you have to rush or you have to get there early. And right now it's still, you know, we're being wusses about it, slightly cold in the mornings. Yeah. Risk. Um, yeah. Risk. Yeah. Well, anyways. So we went out to Paradise Valley and 
kind of hit as many of the climbs as we could. It was about 44 miles, 3,500 or so feet. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like I did pretty great. I, I was trying to pace them all pretty well just because I knew we were going to have so many to do. And, and the hard thing about these climbs are, or one in pacing and, and two in just the amount of effort that it takes is climbing out here aside from South Mountain is not consistent. It Most of it that you can find yep. that's good is very steep and it just, it hurts. Like we oh, yeah. hit uh, one called Choya, you go around the corner, 21% incline. Like, and things like that carry on for a decent amount of time. And so it's, you hit, you know, by the fourth or fifth climb like that, it wears you down. Oh, yeah. I think Choya is about a kilometer total, right? It's about 0.6 miles. And it's, yeah. Every climb we did today was over 10% through the majority of the climb, except for Hummingbird. Yeah. Hummingbird is the, we didn't even count that. We were on Hummingbird. And I'm like, is this, this is a cool off. Like, we were just like relaxing at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them were, a couple of them were in the 20s. Most of them are above 12. And so, yeah, it's just one of those things where it kind of reminded me of like a Belgian classic or something where it's just a lot of steep pitches that are short, but they just sap your legs. Well, yeah. And if you look at the profile, like when I was making it, you know, Strava on the Root Builder lets you, you can bring up elevation and it's just like up and down, just it's, and so, I mean, that's, we knew what we were getting into with it and doing 36 where you you said you hadn't done the full 36 no, before. No, <laughs> I have never done the full 36th Street, and I, whoa, was I way off. I mean, the last time I did it was like six or seven, eight years ago, and so I was a very green rider, and like doing 20 miles was a good ride, so I only made it to like the first cross section of the T in the road, and like, that's not even where the climb starts. And yeah, like, that's kind of where it starts. Yeah, I, pretty I much. I still think that's probably the hardest climb in Phoenix, because it's... It's not the steepest, but it it's over 12 plus for a good amount of time. And it, it just wears you down. It's it's longer than most of the other ones. Choya was was pretty good too. I would say Choya is the hardest. The full think the full Choya. I would say I was like doing Choya and I was like <laughs> that was halfway through our ride just about and I was like there's no way I'm going to do Castle Floor after this. Like Oh, we did Glen today as well. Yeah, so. we did Glen as well. We hit pretty much every single major climb in Paradise Valley. It is great. I would say shout out to the uh, family that we saw. That was super cool. Yeah, so like actually it was kind of neat. Apparently everyone had the, uh, there's a few people out there that had the same idea to hit multiple climbs today. So we kept seeing one dude in blue. Uh, we saw him on Sage on the way down. We saw him on Choi on the way down. And then he was on, you know, it's like he was just yeah. everywhere. And so um, that was really cool. And then when we got to 56th Street to start Castle 4, there was a family, a guy and his wife and his daughter who was, eh, she's probably like 10 or something, maybe 12 or whatever. And uh, they were going up 56th Street. And I was like, that's super cool, you know? And I figured they would just stop there or whatever. But then uh, when I was coming back around Castle on the reverse, they were just starting Castle. And I was like, that's, that's freaking amazing. Like, that's pretty cool. I remember we kind of stopped and I kind of joked. I was like, where, where do I get a wife that can do Castle? I, I know. So that well, was kind of neat. Well, then we're stopped at LGO. I see them getting some water, and you see them go past. I don't know if you saw it. Maybe you were inside. Oh, they was, came to LGO to get well, water? Well, they, they went straight past. Oh, okay. And then so then we caught up to them on our last climb, which was 36th Street, and they were there again. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, man, you guys are hitting everything. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Also, uh, his 
the dad was teaching his daughter how to like set a bike up for pictures. He's like, yeah, you got to have the drive train out. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's a lesson I needed because like we took when I first got my bike, I like took a picture and you're like, dude, your drive train's not even showing. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't think about this stuff. I don't take pictures of my things. Well, like, you still got the stickers. I mean, I'm not gonna let that one go. Like, I don't. There's still yeah. stickers on there. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Like, yeah, it has like an orange sticker for like well, a one eight hundred number. Well, and there's like half peeled one off on your cranks and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's still. Yeah, I don't. I just don't care about that kind of thing. <laughs> It's too much work to take the sticker off. I just leave it. Like, we were talking about that on my entertainment center. There's still two little stickers that say A and B when you're putting it together. Like, it just, <laughs> it just doesn't cross my mind, and I, I just ignore it. Not for appearances at all. Not at all. But Yeah, so that was a fun ride. I was pretty beat. You know, it ended up being almost three and a half, four hours. It, yeah. was, it was getting pretty warm, too. Yeah, it was getting warm, and then I was telling you, like, I kind of just went and finished because I was like, when you have that start to kick in, when you you feel like you're going to bonk soon, and I was like, I just need to finish. Like it was only maybe two miles left or something, yeah. and it was kind of tailwind, and so I was like, I, I just want to be done. I'm gonna go back to the car. No, I, I understood. I, I didn't really care. I kind of just coasted at that point. I was pretty fried and just pedaling at my own pace. I mean, I guess there was a tailwind because I was going almost 19, 20. Oh, yeah, I would say I was going 20-something or whatever. And but Yeah, I was pretty fried. Not as I would say it's probably my second or third hardest ride I've ever done as far as, like, just feeling what. Because, like, my calf was starting to cramp up. Like I said, you know, we were doing, I think it was, let me just count the climbs, one, two, three, hummingbird. So it's like eight or nine, ten climbs, and all of them are over 10%. So it's just like I was just fried. Yeah. But definitely something I want to do, and we can even, we were talking about extending that ride later on to hit up this other part of town that has a couple steep climbs, and so we could definitely get it over 5,000 feet. Yeah, I would know? say we can gain another, yeah, 1,500 or so easy. But again, the problem is they're all just punchy climbs, not consistent, long drags or anything like that. But yeah, no good. I mean, it was a good alternative to South Mountain, and I just like that part of town. Oh, it's beautiful. It's oh, yeah. Gorgeous. Good time of year, man. This is why people I mean, live someone here. called it a paradise. You could. In you the could. valley. You, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, real, let's, uh, let's touch on some uh, pro cycling news. We have a little bit of news this week. It's been a little dry, but there is a, a little thing about the Tour de France. Everyone's concerned that if the Tour de France doesn't happen, it could have big repercussions in the professional peloton with sponsors leaving and teams folding. And so everyone's really pushing pretty hard to keep the Tour de France on the schedule yeah they're like we need our main thing to happen because it's it, it is, is the, the biggest thing. race yeah. i mean it's the race in cycling that everyone knows that isn't into cycling you know and so they have set a date for may 12th to decide whether they're going to push ahead and keep the tour de france because teams were like look we need some time to train it's also crazy to me that it's like i just need four weeks to be in tour de france shape <laughs> and i'm over here like three months into the year and i'm like dude I, when am i going to be able to go over 100 miles? you know it's like just I just set too many barriers for myself, I guess. I don't think too well, big. I mean, it's, it's also their job. And they it's have true. a base of years of it. So it's, it's all about that base. But yeah, so that's set for the 12th. They're talking about possibly having it with no fans, which is going to be kind of weird. Most of the race, not a big deal. But when it comes to those climbs, when there's those huge tunnel of you know people, like that, that's what makes the Tour de France and cycling just cool to me. Yeah, I mean, you got to get smoke in their eyes to have them. Uh, <laughs> I hate that part. But <laughs> I know when I first started watching, like that was my favorite part is watching the climbs and you see everyone cheering them on and it's just like this wall of sound and what is it, Dutch Corner where they're handing them off beers and stuff like that. It's 
it's fun. just cool. Like if that's the one thing in cycling that I would love to experience, and like I'll never will, right? And that's sort of sad, but. Maybe I can just pay a lot of people to cheer me on at some point <laughs> in my life, just because like that's got to be super cool to, have, you know, have so many people yelling at you while you're going up a climb. I mean, maybe if there's like a a good grand fondo, like a a real predominant one or something popular that yeah. it has that big of a following. You know, you get to some of the towns like in California or something they. You could ride the Yenzi the one. Yenzi so. one's probably good. I was going to say, you'd have to jump on the Sagan one now before oh. he becomes less popular. He's kind of sure. on uh, the descent, dude. You, you always got to throw it out there, man. <laughs> I know. He knows. Everyone knows. I'm I sticking want to make sure we know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, another thing, another bit of news. There was uh, the Velen group, which is like a probably half the Peloton about. Um, a lot of the big world tour teams have created this group as like almost like a union in a sense, but... They decided they wanted. They created a digital esports race series through this uh, non not Zwift because the UCI has already signed a contract with them, and of course, they're not using it for anything. But they just want to lock it down. So it's a Czech-based site called Rovi R O U V Y. Basically, it's very similar to Zwift, but instead of just all computer graphics and, and animation, it has actual photographs or video while you're writing of the landscapes you're writing through. And then they overlay digital on top. So your your writer pro you know, your character and, you know, barriers to like the it's race. A more and realistic stuff. kind of Yeah. Feel so to it. you actually get to see some stuff. So this one is gonna be it's called the Digital Swiss Five. So the idea is the Tour of Swiss was canceled obviously and so they want to recreate five of the harder stages of that race. And they're planning on hosting that April twenty second to the 26th, which was the same weekend as the Ardennes Classics. So <clears throat> the idea is going to be a five-hour race each day with three-man teams. And then they'll have some some riders will have webcams. So you can watch them on their trainer, I guess. Like you want to watch the sweat pour off their face. And you can be like, is that G? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, now it's Vanderpool. They, That's know, true. They, they booted G from the Zwift commercials. That's a massive upgrade. <laughs> But yeah, so that that's kind of cool. Like we talked about before with community building, especially in this these type of times, it's very important to keep fans interacting with your team. So. Yeah, because you were kind of saying, you know, before of if the Tour de France doesn't happen, they're, you know, they're worried about sponsors and things, and, and this is a way to kind of keep it going in the interim where yeah. you can keep people interested. I'm sure they'll throw sponsors, or you could. Oh, yeah. Especially if you have cameras on the riders, you could... Mm-hmm. You're going to get the jersey in there. You're going to get the bike. You're going to get all of yeah. that. I just hope they have the stickers on way. their face. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. Like a Mickleton Scott sticker and like a Bora sticker and like, you know. It's like a, the MMA stuff and they have, you know, tattoo on there. Or they got a sticker on their body or something oh, like yeah. that. That'd be great. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know if I'm going to watch it, to be honest with you. I don't know. Just not my thing, but I think it's still cool to see. It's just not for me. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, there's enough people who use it. So I, I, I think yeah. it makes sense. Final bit of news before we move on to our topic of the week, but Netflix and uh, released their Inside the Movie Star Team 2019 documentary, and uh, I was pretty excited that this was coming out. Last season was pretty crazy for a movie star. Yeah, I think we're we're kind of we're just what two episodes in. Yeah, so it's six episodes. They're two like 22 minutes each. Like I originally thought it was just going to be like 
I think we both did like one like hour and a half or something like yeah, just a movie or something. Yeah. But you know, we live in 2020 and people's attention span is 22 minutes. So we got to really cut our podcast back a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so they made them into six 20 episode, minute episodes. And so we watched the first two. Uh, my take is the first episode was terrible. I feel like they should just throw that out because it's it a, gives too yeah. much information and it's too disjointed. Yeah. And the second episode's nice because you they start following in the zero and, and it, it almost goes stage by stage. Like it makes sense. It's very yeah. linear. And the way that initially you're like, okay, because they, they're, I, I think it was to introduce all the writers, but you start half introducing these stories that you want people to follow along, and then they move on to the next thing. Oh, yeah. It's like each writer had like main writers, so they have like five or six main writers, and they each had like two or three minute clips, but then they go through their entire season in that three minutes, and like, again, I guess this is for people who watch cycling, so it's not going to be a surprise to anybody, but... Part of the whole thing is like developing drama and suspense of if they're going to hit their goals. Yeah, and all that information's already out there. Yeah, and they just, just give it all away in the beginning, and it's like kind of weird. And I don't know, that first episode was just really disjointed, like you were saying, and we almost were like debating on watching another one, like, which is sad because well, like, we were very excited to watch anything cycling. You know? And we were kind of thought, we we're like, all right, this is just the introductory episode. They'll get in, you know, the, the hope. And it looks like that they are. So Yeah, episode be... two was definitely more linear. It only followed the one or two writers through a progressive, you know, story. They, they know how to throw out an art, arty drone shot, though. With... Yeah, damn <laughs> drones. Dude, they're taking over the world. Like, real estate agents, cool, like, though. everything is just drone everywhere. Just need to get a drone. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, so pretty cool. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. There's definitely better cycling documentaries. There was that one that was, what is it, Mickleton Scott, and they're like Chef or something? I like that one. That one was really cool. I think that one was on Amazon. Yeah, it was like a slightly different take because they were talking about nutrition, and they were following the chefs going to farms and stuff and sourcing the food, and then you still got bike racing in there, so it was just a little bit of everything. Yeah, it's for people who were like... Maybe your spouse is on the fence about like cycling, but she loves like you know, the cooking channel or she something. Already, it's like you know, I guess it's true. I, I, we did see you know a lot of women out biking today, so it's 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 coming up. But yeah, you know, whoever your spouse may be, but um, yeah, if they're interested in cooking and not in cycling, like this is a way to get you both get to get something out of it. Yeah, and those were just really good shows to watch, even if you don't like cycling at all, because the cycling is like a small part of it. It's mostly about the chef and the cooking the meals for the athletes, and I think. That's just a, it was just a captivating movie in general. We'll have to put the uh, title in the show notes. Find it somewhere. Yeah. All right, so topic of the week. You know, we know races, so we've been trying to come up with ideas of, of topics that we're interested in and, and help us out and help you out and just kind of start a conversation. So this week we wanted to talk about, you know, our favorite thing, climbing. Yeah, so we're, you know, kind of calling it how to pace a climb and pace yourself. I definitely, I definitely need help on that. Yeah, so I thought this was a good continuation of where we were at with the core workout from last week, which kind of focused on building in general, but it was also core for climbing, and we were going to be doing a lot of climbing today, so I thought it just made sense. Oh, um, definitely. So I threw out a clip from GCN, which kind of covers this as well, of how to pace a climb, but I was saying it kind of, I break it down into... Uh, what kind of climb is it going to be is, I think, a big thing, and sure. and how you plan on riding it. 
just in what you're trying to get out of it. Yeah. Um, well, that goes back to what we were talking about before, where what's your intention on the bike? You know, and you, yeah. why are you riding your bike today? What is your goal? You know, are you just out to cruise? You just want to get some, just your blood flow? You just want to release some stress? You want to train for a specific thing? You want to go, you know, hit a hard climb? Or do you want to just coast up? You know, there's all different ways of riding your bike and none of them are wrong as long as that's what you're intending to do. Yeah, because you can hit the same climb in two different ways for two different intentions. So you can go up a steep climb and you can do it fully seated and you're like, okay, I'm here to build my cadence, maybe have a smoother pedal stroke, uh, use more aerobic than anaerobic. Yeah. Uh, or you can go out and fully out of the saddle and go and smash it and so you're out there building strength. Yeah. Um, so... Same thing. I mean, it's what are you trying to do? And obviously you can't hold that out of the saddle forever. So it's, but it's getting used to it. It's, you know, that kind of same idea of interval training where mm -hmm. yeah. you throw in differences and it helps build strength as well. Yeah. And again, it just goes back to like knowing what it is you're trying to accomplish. And like, sometimes it can be tough to hold yourself to that when you're on the road. Sometimes you kind of shift your mindset. You're like, oh, there's a guy up ahead. I can catch him or whatever. And that's fine too, but yeah, definitely like knowing what, how you want to attack something is important. And so definitely lots of different ways of doing that. You know, we had, you know, a couple of years ago, we kind of decided sort of at the same time, we wanted to ride more and get better and like really push ourselves to improve on bikes. And so we kind of got into higher cadence pedaling, right? Yeah. And how does that translate to climbing and is everything. And, and oddly enough for me, it actually exposed an issue with my bike fit. I started getting a lot of knee pain. So you know, branching out and, and growing kind of helped me improve my bike fit and I just felt comfortable on the bike. And so, but one of the nice things about higher cadence is it, it's just different than slower cadence and you can use both whenever you want. Some people, you know, the old 80s riders, they had a lot lower cadence on climbs, but I've found, and I think you have as well, riding at a higher cadence on a climb is, is as long as it's not super steep, but it has a lot of good benefits. Yeah, definitely. And I think part of that was when we were looking at more of kind of that zone two base riding, which involves kind of, I think in a way, a higher cadence as well. Because the thing with it, when you start, the problem, and I guess why somebody could get discouraged if they're looking purely at, at numbers, is your heart rate is going to go up when you're using higher cadence. Yeah. And so you, you want to build that base up and part of that is the zone two where you can spin at that, keep your heart rate lower. Um, but I think it's it's the most beneficial because you're using less energy so you can stay on these longer climbs mm -hmm. at a certain speed. I think we were kind of looking at it and I was doing, I think, South Mountain. I think I'm over 90 or so on the, the last PR or whatever I had the, for the whole thing. Yeah. Which, you know, sometimes you'd be like in the 80s or something before. And so it's it's interesting, too, because I think you wouldn't necessarily think right away that like group riding will translate into... Because I was, you know, doing group riding to get faster on the flats. But if you're more efficient and your pedal strokes better, if you're, you know, spinning at that higher cadence, you could do that on a climb, too. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, power's power. Yeah. So... Yeah, riding in groups will make you a better climber even if you're only doing flats. 
Yeah, I think that uh, for me, you know, the climbs today, I was definitely not keeping a high cadence. They're just so steep and I'm, you know, pretty heavy in comparison to your average, you know, rider, I guess, or pro anyway, which obviously I'm not. But, you know, when you're pushing more towards the 200 pound mark, it is harder at 10% and above, you know, 18%. I'm just lucky to be pedaling my my pedals at that point. I'm looking down at my computer and I'm like 45 or I mean, something. 18, and like, 18 plus, so like that's tough for everybody. Oh like, yeah, <laughs> for sure. So it was just tough to use that today, but when I wasn't climbing, I was, I always try to maintain about 90 and, and definitely well, when you first kind start. Of the recovery in between those, those climbs. Oh yeah, that's definitely a big part. And I think pedaling faster, I don't have any scientific evidence for this, but I think it pushes more blood through. So when you're coming off a climb and you got a lot of buildup, the higher cadence helps clean and clear it out. I think but that's just an opinion. Yeah, well, I, I feel like there's something to it with kind of clearing lactic acid when you're people spin out at the end of a ride where so you're just not building that that lactic up as much. Yeah. So that definitely I think helps. Um, the next thing we were kind of that is a similar with that. Found an article on it's train right, and I think it's part of kind of the Carmichael training system. There's a book out there on it. And they kind of back this up in the same way where they break it down into three different types of climbs. It's either rolling hills, long climbs, and they, the other they call the wall. So they, I think it's a good article. Uh, we'll have all that in the show notes and then a brief kind of blurb on each one of how to ride those different types of climbs. Well, I remember when I first started riding, I thought it was like, if you got out of the saddle to finish a climb, then that was not good or like you had bad form or like your goal was to like always stay seated. Depending on your goals, that could be the case. Obviously, if you're trying to stay seated the whole time and you can't, then you're not, you don't have enough power or core strength or you're fatiguing. Where like standing up and, and riding standing does give you more power to get up those last few bits or on a, the steeper the gradient, the more likely it is you're going to stand, right? So... I've always thought of trying to, if I can maintain a seated position, then that's good. But it just depends on how long the climb is. Because standing will sap a lot more strength and build up a lot more lactic acid, for sure. I mean, unless you're Contador. Then you could just climb out of the saddle for, you know, a half hour or so. Oh, it's true. No, I liked watching that, man. Like, that's one of my favorite things. Like, watching climbing and watching riders climb out of the saddle, there's something about the way their body moves. Like, I just find, like, I could just watch it. It's like a snake slithering or something. It's just fascinating. Well, yeah, I was just like thinking too, I think that's kind of goes back into last week and, and kind of coupling with this. It's if you have that core strength and proper form, when you're doing that, it makes sense what, what you're doing. When you're getting out of the saddle, like you should be able to sit, you know, at maybe 10% or so. But after that, like you want to get out of the saddle just to finish it up sure. because I think then you're taking more energy just to, cause you're doing it longer. So it's, at some point, it's if you know you're about to crest that as well, it's better just click down one more gear, make it a little harder, and then just go out of the saddle just to finish and get up over it. Sure. Because I think you actually save energy that way. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I need to work on on climbing and reading these articles is like my transition from like gearing properly. So if I'm coming into a climb pretty hot, you know, because it's flat or slightly downhill, and then I'm about to hit a, a wall or, or some good gradient, like, I'm not effective at, I either shift down too quickly, so then I lose all my momentum and my speed, mm -hmm. and then it slows you down, or I try to go too heavy and try to grind up to the top, and like, 
Yeah, I just that's an area where I definitely need improvement is is gearing on a climb properly. I was like, nothing will show that more than mountain biking because when you go and drop down and at least some of the trails we did, there a lot of the stuff is like really short, super short and steep, mm-hmm. but you want to carry that momentum into the next little hump over. Otherwise, you're doing too much work, and I mean the bikes are a lot heavier too. Yeah, and you can quickly tell the difference of someone who's good at that and they're kind of it's more of just it's real flowy i guess is, is what you want rather than this kind of staccato yeah no, I'm, I'm definitely an area even on mountain biking like i don't ride mountain bikes very often but the few times i have like road bike does not translate very well to that like it's really different it's so different like i remember i used to kind of like lightly tease or like kind of joke about like mountain bikers being in so small gears i'm like what's the problem you know yeah and like actually doing it you go oh it's it's nothing like if the mountain that they were climbing wasn't dirt or loose rocks like yeah they could probably do it in a bigger gear but you can't push so much torque or else you'll spin the tire and then you're just screwed exactly so i just never factored that in yeah that's the climb that i was trying to get the kom on i think second now it's the road is just so rough and I'm trying to find a good way because it's too hard. I think it's over 13 or 14 or so. And to get the speed up, I was like, I have to do it out of the saddle. But the road is so rough that I'm bouncing all over the place. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm still trying to figure that out myself, but it's hard to, to put all that together. Yeah. No, it definitely takes some skills and learning and you know, understanding that some things just can't be, you know, powered through. Just do it. That's what I always say. Yeah. It's my classic line. It works for me, man. Just for everything. Yeah, it doesn't matter Play what it is. a video game, dude. Just, just do it. Hey, you should just do it. How do I do this thing? I don't know. You just start doing it. Like, I, honestly. Like, it sounds so, like, obnoxious sometimes, but it really is as close to the best devices as you can almost get. It's like... You can only read so much and prepare so much for stuff. At some point, you just have to just start doing it. Well, I think it kind of goes back in the same thing. Like We had a friend who was more new in riding, and he got his bike, and it was making some noise. And you were like, I don't know. Like, I just, it's fine. Like, it just, you just, it's not a big deal. You ignore yeah. things like that. Obviously, if you're hearing a really bad noise, or you, sh- you should still probably check it out. But sure. a lot of the time, you were just like, I don't know, it's fine. And you, I think you see that with a lot of people. Like, They just have these kind of ragtag bikes a little bit or people who just don't care as much and just go out and ride and it's... Yeah, their bike like, lasts whatever. forever. Yeah. yeah. I think the more you tinker with it, the more likely you're going to screw it up. Yeah. I don't know. My old bike, I still love it. I wanted to take it out recently. I, I still want to take it out for a ride, I think. I've had that thing for a decade and I, I hardly do any maintenance on it. Thing's a beast. I even took it in once to like... Ask them how it is, like how long, how much more can I get? And they're like, dude, this thing's in nice shape. I'm like, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Hardly did anything. Like, yeah. you know, I give it a clean every once in a while, but I don't go take it to the shop every month for, uh, you know, for no, but three months or something. I just don't do it. I that. guess it shows most of the time, you know, they, they make these machines pretty, they do a pretty good job. Yeah, I mean, bikes have been around for hundreds of years, you know, at least. And like, they just... And if you start with a fairly decent one, it doesn't have to be the top of the line at all, but... Something decent, it's going to last. Yeah, I think so. I've only had two bikes. No comment. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, uh, a little preview of next week. We're going to talk about 
How do you recover from all of this climbing? Yeah, I was going to say, because after this week and today for sure, and it's what we like to do. So it's, I, I think it's a good, a good thing to cover. So it's like just taking tomorrow off of work. Is that a good recovery? I've heard that's the thing to do. Like if you wake up a little stiff in the morning, just, just don't go into work. Yeah, you know, I think if you're taking a day off of work after a ride, you're probably not recovering right, or you pushed yourself way too hard. Yeah. So we'll see what I do tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is the, the end result of that. This was, you know, pretty tough. I haven't ridden this hard in quite a while, so. If I get a message, be like, hey, man, you want to come over and play video games? <laughs> the, I'll, I'll know. Yeah, like I have time to play video games. I got so much yard work to do. I mean, I, I was playing video games. Man, good for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty happy for you. Thanks. All right, well, that's it for this week. Have a good one, guys. All right, see ya. I'm like kind of stony tired, but just like feeling relaxed.